This episode is sponsored by The Handyman Can, fully licensed and providing services to Litchfield County, New Haven County, and Northern Fairfield County, Connecticut. To schedule a free estimate, call 203-240-8914 and ask for Cole. Legend has it that a small section of Cornwall, Connecticut, formerly known as Owlsbury and now referred to as Dudley Town, has a dark and heavy curse that hangs over it. According to anyone who has ever told a ghost story around a fire pit while camping on a fall evening in Connecticut, a resident of Dudley Town lost his mind. Then he went through the small village and murdered every soul within it. Years went by and the people of the surrounding areas decided to rebuild and restore Dudley Town. But all who dared live there either fell to their deaths due to some mysterious disease or went mad. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be telling you all about what remains of Dudley Town, Connecticut. And it may be more than just ruins. So can you believe that I'd never heard of Dudley Town? No. I mean, I feel like I should have my creepy card revoked. Also your Connecticut resident card revoked. Right? I mean, to be fair, yes, I was born here. Yes, I live here now. But there was a huge chunk of time in the middle where I didn't live in the state. Yeah, but like you've lived here for at least 10 years now. It's true. It's true. I'm just trying to find excuses. It's ridiculous. There is none. Oh, God. I'm Especially ashamed. where we live. We are like, what? 30 minutes from it. It's true. It's honestly, it's true. I don't understand. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone listening. I'm a horrible person. Okay. Well, that's a bit dramatic. It is. It is. But I am a horrible person. You know, it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with not knowing. Nothing to do. (laughs) Exactly. So, what is Dudley Town? And plain and simple, it's an abandoned settlement with a questionable past that is today considered a ghost town for you know, lack of a better term to describe it. That's actually what it is. Right. Okay, that's fair. I mean, technically, I think somebody still has property there, but still. Yeah, I guess the property is still owned. It is still owned. It's in a trust. Yeah. So people can technically be there. But yeah, it would be a ghost town as far as the the settlement aspect of it is concerned. Yeah. So it's uninhabited. And since the 1920s, it has been preserved by donors through a land trust. To be honest, it was never even a real town. Connecticut has these little sub-towns within towns all over the place, and this is one of those. So, In true Connecticut form. In true Connecticut. (laughs) Like, what is it? Branchville is to uh, Ridgefield, and then Georgetown is to Redding. Well, Georgetown is actually a section in between Wilton, Redding, and Ridgefield. Right. It's like a little triangular shape yep. sort of thing. And But I think Redding claims it. It's like in the, the Redding zip code sort of thing. I don't 
It's crazy. Okay, so, so yeah. there's like it's a very so it's like a few properties, right? Exactly. It's not even. I wouldn't even compare it to Branchville or right because they're because they're practically towns within themselves. Like right. people say, I live in Georgetown. I live in Branchville because right, that has like a town. Those places have like centers, right? It's not just like five houses, right? Which Whereas, is kind of what Deadly Town is. Exactly. It was just a section of the town of Cornwall. And it had a, a settlement in it at one time. It had people that lived there at kind one time. Kind of like time. a compound, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's actually called Dudley Town because a number of the members of the Dudley family made homes there. So it makes sense. This area within Cornwall sat in a valley known as Dark Entry Forest. Creepy already. Exactly. So the area is actually in ruins due to its proximity to the mountains and the forests in the area. It's it's essentially just bathed in darkness and shadow. Even in the middle of the day, there's like no sunlight. Right. Which there, makes it not great for farming for or farming. Exactly. You know, anything. Exactly. Or <laughs> living. living. <laughs> right. It's really, really tough to just like live in the darkness all the time. So in the, Unless the, you're Bane. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> So in the 1920s, they tried to revive the area by selling the old farmland off to New Yorkers looking for country homes. And that's literally actually what's happening right now in the 2020s, not the 1920s. Right, but like they can actually live. Well, yeah, they would use them like like a weekend (laughs) or two and then, you know, like go back to their pads in new york city so and that's that's honestly what's happening right now all over connecticut so it's it's kind of funny how what goes around comes around with that but what are we going to do and then sell our houses yeah right (laughs) to new yorkers and then i don't know go someplace else with cheaper taxes in the 1930s a new york summer camp actually used the area for trail riding and hiking but Getting it fully inhabited has just been out of the question. In fact, today it's private property, and if you're found trespassing on the land, you'll be prosecuted. Now, apparently the fine started about $75 and then increased from there, mm-hmm. but they will prosecute you. There's right. no like warning the first time, like so you're the, getting a ticket. Yeah, the dark, what is it, the dark entry forest association? Associ- yeah, so I can't say the word association. <laughs> Um, they have like watchers all over that are like manning the streets. So if there's a car that doesn't belong there, you'll get a ticket right. immediately. Police will immediately be notified. Which is probably one of the creepiest things ever. Right. Like, to me, it's one of those if you don't want all these people trying to come in. Right. And speculation surrounding an area, right. don't have guards and watchers. Why are you so or, quiet about it. Right. And call yourself the Dark Entry Forest <laughs> Association because that's basically. Asking for, you know, teenagers to to break in and see what they can see. It's kind of crazy. So let's go to the origin of the Dudley name and uh, kind of cover that first. Like so many last names, it came from something very simple. In this case, according to an article on ghostvillage.com, all of the Dudleys trace their history back to a Saxon named Dud. Awful name. Yeah, not great. No. I mean, really, really awful name it's what we call a boring right what like a boring dumb person exactly exactly <laughs> so the labit comes from old english it's it was a word for land um and it's lay spelled l-e-i-g-h but pronounced l-a-y so 
you put it together and it's Dud's Lay or Dud's Land. And over time, it became Dudley. And that became the, the last name of these people. Now, this Dudley never actually set foot in the New World. His ancestors, however, did. And it would appear they brought with them a family curse. Thanks. Right? Like, way to go. Please keep that over there. Seriously. So in 1510, a gentleman named Edmund Dudley really lost his head. And I mean, honestly, (laughs) he plotted to overthrow the then king, King Henry VIII. And Henry's literal favorite activity was beheading people by guillotine. He did it a number of times, actually, to two of his wives, his second and his fifth wife. Because he was a great human. Oh, my God. He was simply the best. Oh, the tutors. Simply the best. (laughs) You can cut that out. I don't want to be singing. No, I like it. I like it. I'm keeping it in there. In addition to the beheading, a curse was supposedly placed on the Dudley clan. Basically, Edmund's like, yep, we're going to overthrow the king. We're going to take over. He gets caught and he gets beheaded. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, everyone who comes after you and is related to you is going to find themselves surrounded by horrors. Very general curse. I mean, like nothing very specific about it, but super bold too. Like that's terrifying. I don't think it needs to be more specific. It's true. No, it's fair. That's fair. It happened. So finally, one of the Dudley descendants, it comes to his senses and his name was Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester. He saved himself from being executed, but it looks like the curse may have followed him. Now, tracing his descendants down some, they would eventually be the folks who settled Dudley Town. So Joseph Dudley, a direct descendant from Edmund, would come to settle in Seabrook, Connecticut and have 12 children, like overachiever. You know what I mean? That's a lot. It's so many, so many kids. His poor wife. Hopefully he had like (laughs) six wives and they each just had two kids. Doubtful. Exactly. So three of his sons would become the settlers of Dudley Town. Gideon, Abel, and wow. Barzillai? Barzillai. Yeah. That's a name. That is. That's a name. In 1737, it was agreed that parts of Western Connecticut would be auctioned off to private buyers. In 1745, Thomas Griffiths would be the first one to purchase a piece of land, which today looks almost identical as it did 276 years ago. As a lot of places in Connecticut do. It's the truth. The first brother would be Gideon. And his two brothers, Abel and Barzillai, would be following him within a year of moving to what would then become Dudley Town. I guess you get three Dudleys in a place and they have to name the town after it. So I mean, it makes sense. They own it. Exactly. Exactly. They owned a lot of property. <laughs> now, it would seem that the land was actually cursed from the start. Given the time, many people in Connecticut made their living through farming the land of Cornwall and Dudley Town was shaded, wooded, and at times even dark in the middle of the day due to its proximity in the mountains that surround it. Iron ore was discovered, which became a livelihood of those living there. 
But as there were no businesses within the community, all of the residents had to travel down the mountain to trade for things like food, clothing, etc. Despite the discovery, the area failed to prosper. It was continuously plagued by bizarre ailments, including an abnormal amount of people who went insane or just wandered into the woods never to be seen or heard from again. Now, I do have to point out that a lot of the people that were quote unquote labeled insane were really old. Yes. And this was back before people knew about things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Dementia. Right. So were they insane or did they just have dementia. Right. There's that. And because of the high levels of iron ore, it's suspected that there were high levels of lead in the water and land surrounding it. That'll do it as well. Exactly. So it's very possible that all of the residents of this property were just slowly being poisoned, poisoned, (laughs) you know, throughout their lifetimes. So Abel, as you had mentioned, uh, one of the Dudley brothers was actually 90 years old. When he passed. And what year is this? This was in the 1700s. So, so that's really old for them. Most people were that's lucky. Like double a lifetime. Right. Most people were lucky to live to 40 at this point. So, so I'm going to go ahead and assume he had dementia. Yes, absolutely. Guy. And you know, some sort of lead poisoning. <laughs> right. Exactly. He was not doing well. Well, so. apparently he was doing just great. <laughs> So Abel had actually become the town's ward in later years. He lost both his fortune and his mind and spent his end years wandering around with no purpose and mumbling about beasts in the woods. Now, he was not the only person to bring up beasts in the woods. Correct. Which we'll get to later. Correct. Now, William Tanner, who was also a resident and neighbor of Abel's, lived to 150. Four. I that's mean, crazy. That's rare now. That's nuts. That is. He also went insane, according to records. Or he but, was just old. Right. Or he was just 104. Because right. quite frankly, when I'm 104, I'm going to talk about whatever I want to. I'll definitely be calling, you know, anything that I see I'll walking like, around a beast. You're a beast in the woods. <laughs> Get out. You know, exactly. So Tanner, like Abel, seemed to often refer to these beasts in the woods, these monsters in the woods. Now, given the time frame of these events, there wasn't much in the way of formal record keeping. Doubly unfortunate is the fact that many of the folklore tales and stories of the Dudley Town people were passed on by those later declared mentally unstable. So, so dementia. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> By the time of the Civil War, Dudley Town was almost all but empty. Uh, residents were either dying or just leaving for more fruitful areas of the state. In the late 1800s, the wife of New York Tribune editor Horace Greeley built an estate up there, apparently also went mad and took her own life. Now, no one can actually find reports of this. Mm-hmm. But it's a story that's been passed down. It is. And there's actually been reports that she did indeed commit suicide. However, it occurred in New York, in her apartment in New York. So whether it's just folklore or whether it's an actual tale, I don't know. But for this purpose, we'll go with it. Yeah, (laughs) it makes sense. Exactly. (laughs) Now, before doing so... 
she apparently showed signs of being mentally unstable and also shared fears of beasts in the woods. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of beasts in the woods. So by 1901, one of the last residents of the area who suffered probably the most tragic of experiences, uh, his name was John Patrick Brophy. And first, he lost his wife to a mysterious illness. Which is tragic all in itself. All in itself. Then after the funeral, his two children just wandered into the forest, never to be seen again. Now, there are are reports that the children didn't want to get in trouble for something, so they ran away. But, like, that story also doesn't check out in my mind. Right, 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 right. So they wandered into the woods and were never seen again. And they were never seen again. Exactly. Then after the loss of his children, his home burned down in a mysterious fire. And then poor John also just wandered into the woods and was never seen or heard from again. I mean, that's literally the final resident of Dudley Town. Just wandering into the woods. Just wandering into the woods and disappearing. So... At this point in history, the land of Dudley Town was essentially reclaimed by the woods, by the forest. In the 1940s, reports of apparitions, mysterious lights, and these potential forest creatures were widespread, and visitors began coming out to see them just by chance. So there's a paranormal investigator named Nick Grossman who has been working on, like, you know, discovering Dudley Town for about 20 years now. Um, he's been there multiple times. He, what what's his fine at this point? Like, is he just like paying? Does he have like a running tab? Well, with the he, local so police department? it wasn't always locked off. <laughs> right, right. So, it wasn't always trespassing. Yeah. I think you can get like an okay to go there. But with permission and everything. Right, but it takes like a lot to get that. That makes sense. Um, So he's been there multiple times, walked by. So I don't know. So it's on, like, uh, located very close to a trail. I don't remember the name of the trail, but it's a walking trail. Yes. Um, and as you walk by, people of the um, association mm-hmm. will be like, I see you. Don't come any closer. So creepy. Like, what? but why? Just, so like, let me creepy, walk. So creepy, guys. Exactly. So anyway, Nick Grossman, the paranormal investigator, goes... And, you know, does investigations here. And he believes that there's a vortex of some sort, like either paranormal or like something that, you know, um, connects Dudley Town to other worlds, either like another dimension, a parallel un- like dimension or Sweet. I wonder like, how I'm doing in that the underworld or something. <laughs> That's right? crazy. So he, he says that there's definitely like something going on there. Um I read about one story that um, he was walking there and he was saying goodbye to Dudley Town. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing you do um, to pay your respects. I don't know. Okay. If you're into ghost stuff. That's fair. Okay. Um, and he saw all of a sudden a fern was like moving up and down as if to like be waving goodbye. And there was no wind at all. Weird. Also, I've heard like lots of accounts of people saying that everything there is so still. So it is really strange that the fern was just moving. 
Yes. No, I, it, that's, that's really bizarre. And I have heard accounts that like, there's no bugs or birds or no, sounds. no sounds whatsoever is like the main thing that people say. It's a very still place. They don't hear any animals at yeah. all, which is strange. It's very strange. If you've ever been anywhere in Connecticut. Right. There's a lot of bugs and birds. <laughs> a lot of animal noises. So many. <laughs> and rustling. And there's just always, even when you're in total silence, like in the even when you're in total silence in the depths of the woods, there's always some sound around you, whether it's running right. water, whether it's rustling leaves, there's there's always something. So I was also looking on Reddit for some like um, firsthand accounts and someone said that um, they, wa- they walked into the woods with a few friends. They found a place to sit down mm-hmm. and they were sitting down for about 10 minutes before all of a sudden mind you, no noises at all, Right. when all of a sudden, for about 30 seconds it lasted, all of the animals started making, like, really, really loud noises, mm-hmm. and then it just stopped. Crazy. Which is really creepy. Super creepy. Also, the Warrens, who we've mentioned before, have yes, been Ed there. Yes, Lorraine, yep. And they say, don't go there. Don't give any explanation, mm. but don't go there. Mm. Um, it's so, really, everyone just says it's very quiet there and eerie. I couldn't find anything that, like, any ghost-like thing has actually happened. It's, yeah, I couldn't find a ton of, like, first-hand experiences. I think there are people who, like, reliable source first-hand experiences. You know what I mean? Because there are tales of this place. But I really think that the fact that it's so gated off and so private i mean it, it, it's one of those things like if you don't want people to speculate give reason right you know <laughs> don't be just so secretive about everything right if like some dude lives in the center of what is now dudley town and he just doesn't want to be bothered anymore and so his whole thing is i hired all these people because i don't want people walking around in my yard just, just say, say that, that right? exactly just say that so I was telling you earlier, um, I listened to the morning the morning show I listened to on yes. I-95. Yes. Um, one of the DJs, Lou Milano, he is very into Dudley Town. Okay. Like, since 2013, he's been investigating it. Crazy. All right. Cool. And hasn't really gotten, I mean, I don't want to say he hasn't gotten anywhere because I'm sure he has, but sure. there's not a whole lot of information that can be found out. Right. And legitimized too. Right. So like, he, I know he sent like through like the uh, freedom of information act, he's requested certain details about this town and no people kidding. are just dancing around it and don't want to give any information, which makes Amazing. it even more creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why can't you just tell us so much more creepy that way? So no one wants to disclose any information. No, no. I mean, some, some of the, the unvalidated reports are definitely, you know, folks who have ventured in and been pushed or scratched, spoken to. And a lot of people report feeling violently ill uh, when they're in and around Crazy. the area. Like there there are a bunch of, you know, YouTube things from when people have like snuck onto the property or whatever. And yeah. And done reports. Especially right after the Blair Witch Project came out. Exactly. It was there was a big burst for like. You know, probably like in- teenagers running into exactly. the woods with cameras, with cameras, <laughs> shaky cameras. And uh, I mean, that alone would make me feel violently ill, but it's fine. <laughs> I also don't do well with <laughs> the live action. So, like, I, I can't watch the Blair Witch Project. No, me neither. It's, it makes me nauseous. What was that other stupid movie? Which one? 
The one where they filmed it from. So some, I know the one where they filmed it from someone holding the camera. It was oh. like an alien or something. I don't know. Oh oh oh. Um, I know what you're talking about. It has a weird name. It'll come to us in an hour. It will, and we'll scream it. It'll be great, and people will be confused. But I know exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, I mean, it's really one of those circumstances where if the Dark Entry Forest Association doesn't want to keep the suspicion so alive and well they should probably back off on protecting the property so much (laughs) there's there's certainly more than the fair share of reports of madness illness death mystery but is it really a case of a curse or could it be you know the abnormally high lead levels could it be poisonous gases from the earth you know right so that was another thing lou milano on the morning show he requested soil samples soil samples and water samples like i mean that that would be the easiest way to rule these things out they responded with um this is going to take 10 to 12 weeks for us to give you any information about this let alone the results if you change your mind about figuring like wanting to know this information please let us know soon right so like basically back off back off we don't (laughs) want to know it could also just be the power of suggestion so Something else that has also been suggested over time is, and kind of, you know, I guess a lesser known idea is when this was occurring, there was a local Mohawk tribe of indigenous people. And it's actually suspected that perhaps they snuck in and wiped out the population. But I mean, even with that, there'd be signs and reports, right? you know, like there, it's one of those things where I don't think anyone would try to cover that up in the 1700s if anything it would be like oh my god this awful thing that happened and they'd be like look at how bad these people are we've got to get rid of them because that was the mindset you know so it it really is kind of wild it's absolutely wild unfortunately that's all the information we have for you (laughs) but if you want to dig into some of the articles that we read and researched and everything we're going to be posting links to everything in the show notes so definitely check that out and uh yeah uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any personal experiences oh if you've ever snuck in let us know yes definitely i want to know all about it seriously i want all the details so definitely let us know you can reach us at the real crime podcast on instagram or you can email us, therealcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure that you like and follow our Facebook page, The Real Crime Podcast. And uh, yeah, anything else you can think of right now? That's it. Thanks awesome. for listening. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.